and we know he's always going to present opportunities. It just so happens to be what we're going to talk about tonight. So if you have your Bible, please stand up, raise your Bible above your head, bear witness of God's Word, turn around and see the abundance of His Word in this room around you this evening. Amen. You may be seated. Book of Isaiah, chapter 55, Isaiah 55. When you find your place, say, I have it. Read with me. Oh, everyone that thirsteth, come. Come ye to the waters. He that hath no money, come ye buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money, without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which is satisfies not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good. Let your soul delight in its fatness. Incline your ear, and come unto me. Hear, and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew thee not, that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God, and for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. Verse 6. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. For you shall go out with joy, and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth unto you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree, and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. When we read this, this portion of the prophet Isaiah as he writes, we, we're reminded that several weeks ago we talked about being a vessel that God could pour into. And that our responsibility as a vessel that God could pour into was that we would also be a vessel that could pour out. We talked about the Apostle Paul getting saved, and remember we spoke about Ananias as Ananias was used to go and speak to the Apostle Paul. Ananias didn't want to go speak to him because he knew Apostle Paul had been murdering people. Of course he didn't want to go speak to him, but God used Ananias to speak to the Apostle Paul, and the Apostle Paul, as the Lord said, was a chosen vessel unto me. Last week we talked about the way that God orchestrates opportunities in our lives. I want to remind you here, every person in this room, it doesn't have to be a, a pastor or a missionary, every person in this room will be given opportunity from God to make a difference in someone else's life. So what we need to realize is that sometimes God opens a door for us of opportunity, but sometimes he closes a door of opportunity so that we can see that's not the, the door that we need to keep going through. And sometimes God is able to bless us in this way. We, we seem to be people that continue to beat a certain door down. Have you ever tried to beat a door down and you wanted it to work and wanted it to work? Some of the most gracious things that God does sometimes is to close the door so that we can regain our focus. So that we can find the door that he will open. He will always open a door. He will always open a door. God gives us opportunities in life to, to change our lives, but he also gives us opportunities to change the lives of others. I ask you to think on this statement, and I'm going to make this statement again. The opportunity 
that God is giving someone to, to come to him or come back to him or come close to him is going to come from the opportunity that God gives you to help bring them to him. So if you think, I, I'm praying for somebody right now to come to God or come closer to God or come back to God. Anybody praying for somebody to come to God? Pray for somebody to be saved. I hope everybody here is praying for a certain person to be saved. Anybody in here praying for somebody to get back right with God? Anybody praying for somebody just to get closer to God? Understand, that will require an opportunity for them to do it. You're part of their opportunity. Your opportunity has a direct impact on their opportunity. So many times we want it to happen, we wish it to happen, but we don't think about, hey, I'm part of their opportunity. If I take my opportunity, I'm part of giving them that opportunity. And I want you to remember that it's one thing to sit in the sideline and pray, man, I hope somebody talks to them. But it's another thing to know that there's somebody that's praying that somebody talks to their loved one, and you're the one that's around their loved one. The way that you share, the way that you represent the Lord, the way that you take occasion to stand for him, to praise him in public, to speak in public. You say, I'm not a good public speaker. But if you can speak at all, then whoever you're around tomorrow, you can share what happened to you today. Did anybody feel the presence of God on you today when you worshiped? Did anybody hear his voice clearly? That's what I would be sharing tomorrow. And I, you know what? I don't care if you tell them where you heard it. You know, I'm not that guy. I don't need you to give a, a commercial for the church. If you want to tell them, hey, come with me to church, that's fine. But I want you to tell them that you, you actually had an experience with the Lord today. And the one and only true living God in heaven spoke to you. That's the way you bear witness, right? So tomorrow you'll have an opportunity to go out and give somebody an opportunity. That's what I want you to get in your mind. When we talk about God orchestrating an opportunity for you to, to speak to somebody else, when we talk about God orchestrating an opportunity for someone else to be spoken to by you, we use that word orchestrating. And of course, orchestrating means that you're, you're bringing a lot of different variables together. A lot of different pieces together. We have the word orchestra. Does anybody know what an orchestra is? The orchestra is not one person playing a saxophone. The orchestra is not a one instrument thing, is it? What is it? Orchestra is many instruments that are working together, and there has to be a conductor, right? And what does he do? He orchestrates. You play now, you play now, you play now, and it looks something like this. I'm just faking it. I don't know how it looks. <laughs> right? But he does. He knows when somebody needs to come in or somebody needs to stop playing or somebody needs to play higher or somebody needs to play lower. And what's the, what's the product? Well, it's music. Right? And so God is orchestrating all the time in simple ways that we have no idea from the person that saw you pull out of your driveway this evening that knows you're faithful to pull out of your driveway this time every evening, you didn't say a word to them. But it could be the reason they're convicted sitting there this evening. That's what I need to do. Or it could be the pattern of consistency that they see in you when they realize, hey, they handle things great. What's the difference? They pull out of their driveway this time every Sunday evening. You understand what I'm saying? Any little thing in your life, God can use as an opportunity for somebody else to see. we look at Isaiah 55, verse 1 through 5, we see that God's giving this invitation. As I told you last week, an invitation is an opportunity. It's an opportunity to come to him. Verse 1 through 5 of Isaiah 55, it says, come to me if you're thirsty. I'll quench your thirst. This is not a physical thirst. This is a spiritual thirst. Come to me if you're poor, meaning you don't have to have anything to come to God. There's nothing you could bring to him. Come to me if you feel like you have nothing. Come to me, he then says, so your soul shall live. 
then come to me and make a covenant with me. See, God's invitation is our opportunity to come to him or come back to him or come closer to him. But after God's invitation, this is what I want us to focus on tonight. After God's invitation is given in Isaiah 55, 1 through 5, there's a warning. And this warning comes from God because he knows that by our very nature, now just consider this, by our very nature, we don't act upon the things that we need to act upon if we believe that we'll have plenty of other opportunities to act upon it. Does that seem to be true with you? In other words, when opportunity knocks, we don't open the door if we think that opportunity is going to come back tomorrow and knock again. By our own nature, we don't want to give up what we're doing now and change if we know and believe that we'll have a chance tomorrow to change. Right? Because we've got other things we can do today. We never see the sense of immediacy. But you know, I can think back in my life, and I don't know how many people can bear witness of this or want to bear witness of it. When I accepted the Lord as my Savior, I thought it was the last minute I had to accept him. I was that desperate. Anybody else in here feel that way? Pouring my heart out to God and just beside myself, just thinking, Lord, don't come back yet until I have a chance to pray this. But I remember when I rededicated my life to the Lord. And I remember that desperate situation. I just didn't see myself living another day without him. It was a desperate situation. I didn't think I would have another chance. I knew I had chances before. And I chose the next level of love. You ever done that? God gave you an opportunity. You didn't take it. So you had to choose the next level of low and the next opportunity. And you had to hurt a little bit more. And I figured it was my last level of low. So desperately, I came back to him and rededicated my life. But things had to fall to pieces before I did. Why? Because there had to be some sense of immediacy before I would take the opportunity. I kept thinking, I'll do it. I'll do it when I get something in my life straightened out. You ever been there? That's our nature. It's the same way that we know we're supposed to be ministering to somebody. And it could be a child. It could be a, a wife or a husband. It could be a friend. It could be a family member. We know we should tell them something. We keep thinking. I talk to parents all the time. And all of a sudden they realize, hey, listen, this is happening. And I wish it wasn't happening. And, and I, I don't know. Yeah, I want to say something. And you know what I say? Say something. I want to say something. Say something. Take the opportunity to say something. They're not going to write you off as their parent. Say something. Your friend, if you're concerned about them and it's your opportunity to say something, say something. Take the opportunity. Be able to speak on behalf of the Lord. He'll give you words. He'll prepare their heart. What if they get upset at me? I don't know. What if they do get upset at you? What if they get upset at you, but their life changes after that? Is that okay? Would you rather have them not upset at you and still praying a prayer, hoping somebody else takes an opportunity? God gives us opportunities every day. We don't have to actually be out there in thousands of people. It could be in our home, in our families, in our workplaces. No matter where we're at. But we have to take them. And we have to speak the truth in love. He's not asking you to grab your place on some street corner and know that you've got to give a five-point sermon on a street corner on a microphone. He'll give you opportunities every single day to represent him. It's us taking those opportunities. And so... Thinking about this, that he knows by our own nature we don't act upon the things that we need to act upon. We don't want to give up what we're doing now. We, we know that if he's, if he's knocking and he's going to be knocking tomorrow to ask us to do something, that we could take it tomorrow. Knowing this, I want to focus on Isaiah 55, 6 and 7. Isaiah 55, verse 6 and 7. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. 
call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his ways, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God he will abundantly pardon. You know, I call that a warning. Maybe you caught that. The invitation, verses 1 through 5. The warning, verses 6 through 7. What do you mean, the warning? Oh, I want to speak about this a minute. It's a warning after the invitation. It's a little scary. We don't seem to think about this part enough, and that's why God warns us. It's a little word in this passage that said twice. It's the word while. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Say it with me. Seek the Lord when? While he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. While, by definition, is a period of time. And I want you to understand that it's put in here for a specific reason. You see, I believe this is the most important word in this message as far as God's intent to show us what we need to do with the opportunity. While, this means that every person has a period of time in their life to accept God's invitation. What period of time? While. It's not an open invitation forever. But we begin to think that it is, don't we? And not just our salvation, our rededication, our instructions for what we're supposed to do for him, our opportunities to speak for him, the people that we want their lives changed, he gives us an opportunity for a while. But if you go year after year after year and you're not taking that opportunity, well, God's smarter than I am, and I wouldn't keep giving you opportunities. I'd put somebody else on it, right? I would hate to think that God put somebody else on my opportunity, wouldn't you? So I guess the only way I'm going to know is I need to start looking at my opportunities and not just thinking they're going to keep coming by. God's invitation is to have that joy and that peace, that everlasting promise. But there's going to be so many people who don't accept this invitation because they don't take the opportunity in the period of time that God offers it. Limited time offer. You ever hear that phrase? Limited time offer. Offer expires, right? I went into the car wash, and I had one of these little coupons that gives you $5 off, right? but I had an expiration date on it. And I thought to myself, hey, last time I talked about the car wash, I was talking about being convicted in the car wash. Well, why not that? Didn't you get on to me about, hey, when I got convicted about uh, taking two air freshers when they said take one, and I was thinking, I just paid $38, you tell me I could only take one. I had to go back in there and drop it back in the thing because I felt so guilty about it, right? <laughs> yeah. So, I also was in the car wash. <laughs> and I had that coupon, right? And I put the coupon in my, my little satchel. Y'all know the satchel that I carry. Not the pocketbook, the satchel. <laughs> but I put it in there and stuff stays in there. And that's why I don't have to have anything in my pocket. So I pulled this little coupon out. And I think, hey, got a $5 coupon. It's good as $5. But the bottom of it, it said, hey, expires such and such. A week before... I was going to use it. So I thought to myself, hey, I'm going to see if it's still valid. Should I say something to them about it or not? Right? Should I just give it to them and see if they say it's still valid? Or should I point it out and say, hey, this said it expired such and such, but is it still good? Right? So I'm all convicted in the car wash again. And I take my my little coupon up there, and I laid it down in front of her with my money. And conviction got me before she could even look at it. She was going to cash it out, and I said, hey, listen, I just want to tell you, I'm coming clean. Yeah, I came clean. Listen, this expired a week ago, but is it still good to use, right? And so what happened? She said, sure, we'll use it. But I felt clean about it. You know what she did? She gave me grace 
in the opportunity. She didn't have to. I could try to sneak it in there, but we won't sneak anything in God. God gives us opportunities, and then he gives us grace sometimes just to give us another opportunity at something he should have stopped giving us opportunities at, doesn't he? And so it's not just the grace of him loving me, it's the grace of him continuing to give me second chances to do things I should have done the first hundred times that he gave me a chance to, right? To the unsaved person, that has an opportunity to seek God while he may be found, to call on him while he is near. Understand that Paul said in Romans 10, 13, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So they'll have that opportunity. But you can't just call on the name of the Lord when you decide to call on the name of the Lord. I've actually had people tell me, once I get to this stage in life, then I'm going to get my life back right with God. As if you're handing out to God basically the conditions of your relationship with him. And I think, man, how how bold is that? How blasphemous does that sound? But yet in part, sometimes we do that even as Christians on a daily basis, don't we? I'll get to that once I get this settled in my life. But sometimes God's orchestrating an opportunity. He's got three or four things going on at one time, right? He had Paul laying on the side of the road in Damascus, blinded. He had Ananias going to here. He had Paul and somebody else leading Paul to, hey, hey, why don't you go to the house of Judas, to Straight Street? So he was telling Ananias he's going to be on Straight Street. Do you see God's hand organizing all of those things? And what I like, he's doing that too. And then we get our feelings hurt when we don't see the results that we need to have from an opportunity. But God's got this intensive planning, so we don't have to see it. You see, he says later on in here that his word never returns void. We think we have to see it sometimes. Well, I guess that didn't do anything, right? I'm probably not going to say anything again. Listen, don't underestimate the power of God to speak after you stop speaking to deal with someone after you finish saying what you need to say. That's when God speaks to somebody. You know, very few times when I was opposed to something that somebody told me, did I just agree, okay, yeah, you're right. No. It was when I got by myself and God wore me out, right? It was when I got by myself and my mind began to be spoken to by him. You see, his word wasn't returning void. He was using that person's word. He just wasn't using it right when they said it. What he was doing was planning in here, right? You think sometimes it hasn't done me any good to witness to somebody. Don't underestimate the power of God. It always has done you good to witness to somebody. To the saved person. You realize the saved person has an opportunity to walk with God to seek him in their life on an everyday basis, to pray to him, to trust him, to read his word, to believe his word, to worship him, to be around the preaching and teaching of his word, to have that peace and joy that God's promised. But they can't have it if they're busy looking and pursuing the opportunities that they think will prosper them in this world and ignore the opportunities of God. I'm not telling you just to sit here in a meditative state with your hands open and say, God, I want you to just just show me everything in the world and I'm just going to sit here and wait for it to drop in my hands. God never says you do that. The opportunities that he gives you in life, they're his opportunities he's given you. When somebody says, I have an opportunity for a career change in my life, well, what you have to do is you have to weigh that opportunity against the truth of the word of God. Is this opportunity, first question, is this opportunity one that by what it demands going to take me away or, or make my relationship with the Lord be more distant or make me not be around him? Yes. Do you think God gave you that opportunity? He gave you that opportunity, but he gave it to you to decline it. Why? He didn't want you to be further away from him. At the end of the day, the last thing God wants is you to grow further away from him. That's not what his opportunity is for. His opportunity is for you to be able to say, hey, listen, that's not the door I need to go through because it doesn't match with you, the Lord. See, the Lord's going to give you an opportunity sometimes just even to test you. 
Do you believe that? He doesn't tempt you. What he's wanting you to do is prove your love to him. Don't tell me you've never done that, right? Of course we do that. Remember we talked this morning? We, we want somebody to prove their love to us, right? Hey, I, I just want to tell you I'm not doing anything. I can come over if you want me to. Just waiting for them to say, yeah, come on over, right? You give them an opportunity. We like that. We want to, to get an opportunity. We want to get an opportunity, but the Lord does the same thing to us. He wants us to, to take one that glorifies his name. He wants us to take one that matches up with him. If I have an opportunity in my life to, to go against the relationship, the covenant relationship that I have with my wife, well, that's an opportunity. Did God tempt me with that opportunity? Absolutely not. He doesn't tempt me with evil. That's what he tells us, right? He let the devil tempt me, though, didn't he? Why? So I could prove my love for the Lord. You say, what about your wife? I proved my love for the Lord when I proved that I didn't take that opportunity to disavow my commitment with my wife. See, it's got to line up with what he says. It's got to line up with the truth. The truth doesn't return void. His word doesn't return void. God's promised us as his children that if we're not so busy going after the opportunities that we think will give us the things in life and we choose to put him first, we, are, we learned it last week, Matthew 6.33, seek him first, all these other things will be added unto you, right? I've thought sometimes how terrible it's going to be to get to the end of life and realize of the thousands upon thousands upon thousands of wasted hours trying to get something out of life that God was willing to freely give me. That's a humbling thought, isn't it? What do I need to do with those hours? I need to seek what he wanted me to do. What's that look like? Seeking what God wants you to do. Seek the opportunities. Seek him first. All of us need to heed this warning. We think sometimes that it's just the unbeliever. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. We look at unbelievers and we think, hey, listen, that's probably the last time they had to be saved. They rejected God. I want to tell you that I, I understand I'm speaking to the majority of believers in here tonight. And I want to tell you the same thing. That we can have the same thing happen to us after we're believers. What do you mean? Here's what I mean. I mean that God continues to give us opportunities for a while. Opportunity knocks for a while. But then it stops knocking. And we can find ourselves in a desert. We can find ourselves in a wilderness, away from the Lord with no peace, chasing something else in the world. Anybody ever been in that wilderness? Let me see. Anybody ever been there? That's a hard place to be, isn't it? It's a humbling place. And that's the thing. That next opportunity comes when you get to the bottom and you get to that place in the wilderness, just so terrible, right? That's the only way we're going to take it. We didn't take it while he was near, while he could be found. So we had to stay and wait till he came back. And I, I think about the, you know, the example of knowing that you've been in a doctor's office lately, you've tried to make an appointment with a doctor lately, and they told you that, hey, he's only going to be in this day, right? He's going to be out of town this week. But when are you going to make the appointment? You're going to make the appointment when? While he is there, right? That's what God is saying. I want you to take the opportunity while I offer it. We can't keep thinking, even as Christians, that we'll keep having all these other opportunities come by to be able to do what the Lord wants us to do because the Lord understands we're busy right now. Take it from me, I'm going to tell you, you'll continue to be busy doing things that have nothing to do with the Lord if you choose to be busy doing things that have nothing to do with the Lord. You'll never get through, do, through being busy doing them. 
because you didn't take the opportunity while he was offering it. God's given every one of us a period of time to have the opportunity of salvation. But he's also given believers a period of time where he appeals to us to have an opportunity for fellowship. God wants fellowship with us intently. When does this period of time start? Well, it starts when you come into a relationship with him. We have to understand, we, you know, I think sometimes we, we just, and I know this from speaking with families that have people pass away, nobody wants to think about their own mortality. Nobody wants to think about your days are numbered, right? I think about it all the time. I really do. You say, oh, that must be sad. Oh, no. Think about it all the time. I never thought I'd be to the age I'm at. I never thought I'd be looking at less years in front of me than I was behind me, right? I thought I was going to live forever. For at least a long time, and then all of a sudden now I'm thinking about it. Anybody thinking about it? I don't think it's a bad thing. Psalmist said in Psalms 9 and 12 to teach us to number our days. Why? Listen to this. Memorize this verse. So that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. Teach us to number our days. Know that there's a day that we're going to be born, a minute we're going to be born, a minute that we're going to die. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a sad thing. It lets you know, I need to take the opportunities God's given me while he's giving me the opportunities, right? Hebrews chapter 3. I want to finish with this scripture. Hebrews 3. Young people that are here, our youth, I praise God for you. So faithful on Wednesday night out here in the fellowship hall. We came into your domain tonight, right? All these adults intruded, didn't we? Youth, I want you to stand up for me a second, please. Just stand up, youth. We're so proud of you. Stand up. Glory to God. Amen. Let me ask you something. I want you to school these adults right now. Listen, listen, I want to ask you something. How many of you this week, how many of you thought, hey, listen, um, you know, I don't know how long my health is going to last. <laughs> Not a thought, is it? How many of you thought about something in front of you, some opportunity, something that you want to do, something in your future? Raise your hand. Right. You may be seated. It's a different mindset, isn't it? We can get to the point where we need to maintain. The worst thing that can happen to a Christian, to a believer, is for you to get in an apathetic state to where you're just maintaining. You're okay just to continue to do the status quo. You're not looking for the opportunity anymore. When that young person comes home and says, hey, listen, there's an opportunity for me to do this or this or this. You know the excitement that they come home with? Because it's something that's going to that's gonna affect their future. But God's giving us opportunities all the time. We need to have that same kind of anticipation when we reach this day that says, I wonder who it is. I wonder who it is that I'm going to get to witness to today. Who is it? They probably are right in front of us. These young people... They're not numbering their days yet. So which way should we go with this? This is why I bring this up. He says for us to number our days that we can apply our hearts unto wisdom. So how do we take this message? Should we have a mindset like young people where we're looking for those opportunities? Or should we have this mindset where we're thinking, this might be the last day that I'll live, so I need to take every opportunity. What should we do? The young people should know you don't have an endless amount of time in front of you. You need to know that there is a, a period of time, a while in your life that God will appeal to you. 
If you're so blessed that your parent or grandparent or somebody in your life is putting you in the presence of God and taking you to a worship service, I don't want you to think that there'll be a time in your life later that you need to make a commitment. God's giving you the while right now, so you don't need to live with this blank check in front of you that says, I'm going to live forever because you're not going to. And for us older people, we need to live not thinking that, hey, we've done all we could do. We need to live with the same zeal they take opportunity with and look and excitement that they take it with. That's what God gives us that opportunity to do. So I'm just trying to say so many times we're backwards on the way we're thinking. Do you realize that the difference this community would have what we would see in this community if half of us went out tomorrow and was intent, intent to go to three of our, our people that we see every day and just simply present the gospel of Christ and tell them what the Lord's done for us. God's going to give you an opportunity to do it. And it might be the last opportunity. Why wouldn't we do it? Because of what somebody might say? Because of what we think will be the result of it? Or because we think we'll have another opportunity? Because we think opportunity is going to knock and knock and knock and knock? Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. If it's on your mind, it's not the devil leading you to witness to somebody. It's the devil that tells you it's not going to make a difference. It's the devil that tells you they're tired of hearing you. It's the devil that's got you spending the last six months trying to come up with just some neat way to be able to appeal to them while you haven't said anything to them in six months. Because the devil knows there's a while. This is what I'm trying to say. As we're going to read in Hebrews, God tells us when. Read with me, Hebrews 3, verse 7. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me and proved me and saw my works forty years, wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said, They do not always err. They do always err in their heart and have not known my way. So I swear in my wrath that they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it's called today lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ. If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end, while it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all, that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned? whose carcasses fell in the wilderness, and to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believe not. So we see that they could not enter because of unbelief. Verse 7, he says, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. Verse 15, he says, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. Verse 19 says, So we see that they could not enter because of unbelief. Verse 12, Warning, take heed, brother, lest there be any of you of an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. Our opportunities from God are taken by opening the door of belief in his promises. Do you realize that God had promised the children of Israel, I'm going to, I'm going to make you successful. I'm going to take you to this promised land. I'm going to fight your battles. God had promised them, promised them. Do you realize that if you rest in his promises today, he will never fail you? You know what he'll do? He'll give you an opportunity to stand on his promises every single day of your life. Standing on the promises of God, right? If you don't take that opportunity while he offers it, I can't tell you how long you'll have it. But what I can tell you 
is that somebody else is not getting the opportunity that God had orchestrated your opportunity to be a part of. And will he give it to you again? You know, I'm just not sure. I don't know. I wouldn't want to chance the livelihood of somebody that I love on that. I wouldn't want to chance the witness that I'm supposed to give somebody on that. I know people in my life that I was put in their life for a specific purpose, and I chose not to share the Lord with them. And I had opportunity to, and I was led to. And some of those people have passed away. And I will never have that opportunity to share it again. Never will. I don't want that to ever happen again. I'm here to tell you that God is orchestrating the most intimate details of your life. There's a guy named Bill. And Bill, he dropped into our high school from New York. Funny you're from New York, but nobody from our high school ever came from New York, right? How in the world did he get there? He was different than all of us were, right? Came from New York. How did Bill get to that, that place? Well, it just so happens that Bill's dad got a job and got transferred to our area. Bought a house in our school district. Ended up going to our school. I got to know Bill because for some reason there was a locker right above my locker. Bill got that locker. I saw Bill every single day and never said anything to Bill. Just so happened he had that locker. No, he didn't. It just so happened Bill came to our school. Really? God plucked him up out of New York and sent him to Tyro? It didn't just so happen. I had an opportunity for two years to lead Bill to the Lord. I had an opportunity for two years just to say something to Bill and let him know how I believed. But it was during that age when I didn't want to state that out because I didn't want people thinking, well, that's all he's about. I wanted this group to like me, and I wanted this group to like me. And Of course, I could say those kind of things at church, but I was a little bit different at school than I was at church. Young people, listen. When I was at church, since everybody was saying it, I could say it, but it was harder to say it at school when nobody was saying it. So I never said anything to Bill. Bill died in an automobile accident, and I never had to say it to Bill. And I think to myself, it's always been on my mind, what, what a clear picture of God just doing something so intentional. You said, oh, you're really vain to think all of that was about you being able to witness to Bill. Call it what you want. But God's orchestrating things all the time. It wasn't about Bill's dad getting a job. Down to the realtor that met him, sold him a house in our school district. They kind of got a house anywhere. So they're going there to the locker being there. I'll think what I think, and you can think what you think. But I'll tell you, if I'm right and you're wrong, then you're going to hear this story again. But it's not going to be mine. I'm saying that God's got you in somebody's life for a reason. And he's given you an opportunity. It's been right in front of you. And I want you to take that opportunity. You will never go wrong sharing your relationship with him. Just share what he's done for you today. And then go back and let him see that peace. Let him see your life. There's a reason for it. He's orchestrating this and he's put you around him for this reason. Don't dare, don't dare come up with a reason that you can't. Because you have a limited time. While. While he's near. While he may be found. And they have a limited time. While he's near while he may be found. And maybe it's us. Maybe we're not where we need to be. And God's telling us, and he told us in this service, said, how long do I have to get my life back right? I don't know. While he is near, while he may be found. Seek him. Cry out to him. Call out to him while he can be. It's been too long since we thought about the while in our life, hasn't it? Even though I know my days are numbered, 
I'm guilty of getting up and thinking, hey, this isn't going to be the day. If I wasn't guilty of it, I wouldn't have this day so planned out to it, have tomorrow planned out too. Right? Something in my mind tells me that I'm going to have tomorrow. Doesn't it you? That's presumptuous. I'm stretching my while out. What are you doing with your while? Are you seeking the Lord while he may be found? That period of time. God's going to speak to you if you're his child. He's going to lead you. He's going to close a door. He's going to open a door. He's got a specific place. He is orchestrating your life. Believe it, believer. Whether you're a teenager or whether you're a senior citizen, he's not done with you. If he was, you wouldn't be taking up the air in this world. He's got a purpose for you. Your purpose is for somebody else. So let's think about our while right now. Maybe there's somebody in your life that you know. Hey, listen, I need to be more adamant in sharing the Lord with them. You don't need to come up with a 10-point plan. You just need to have that original conversation that says, hey, I love you, and the Lord loves me, and I just want I spent on my heart just to tell you how much the Lord loves you and wants to, wants to have a relationship with you. And if they reject you, that's, that, that's them rejecting, but don't worry about what they say to you. God will keep saying to them what you said to them. Remember what it said at the end of Isaiah 55, his word won't return void. You know what he said? He said it's like the snow that comes down and the rain that comes down. What happens to the snow and the rain? We saw the rain today. You realize that it was raining so hard. When I went home, changed, came back up here, there were puddles. It was pouring down so much you couldn't see through the rain. There was puddles. When I pulled into the park, there were puddles gathered. Minute ago, when I walked out, no more puddles. Where'd they go? They went and did what the rain does until God brings it back. What'd it do? It watered that grass. It let that worm have a little bit easier day, right? It let this tree grow from it soaking down and getting into this, and then God was able to bring it back. He'll bring it back with the sun. You see, it never returns void. Anything you do, any opportunity that you take for God that he leads you will never return void. How many people believe that? Amen. Amen. That's what God wanted you to hear this evening. Pray with me. Father God, I love you and I praise you and I thank you, Lord, for who you are. I thank you, Lord, for giving us the opportunity, Lord, to worship you this evening. But, Lord, there are people in this room and, Lord, we just haven't been as aware as we need to be of our opportunities you've given us to make a difference in others' lives. Lord, let us be able to think about our while tonight. Let us be able to think about, Lord, that person that you've given us a while, but, Lord, the while might be running out. Let us be able to think about our own life, Lord. Maybe our while is running out. And, Lord, for that person that's lost, that's never accepted, your son Jesus is Savior, speak, Lord. Speak to us. Speak through us so that we can give them that opportunity. Lord, if they're here tonight, Lord, you've spoken to them. And I pray, God, that they respond to you. They come to you while you can't be found. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're going to stand and sing a song together. We don't have an altar up here to kneel at, but if you want to pray tonight, you use this time to pray. The Father wants to talk to you anytime he gets a chance to talk to you. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Amen.
have sang good together all day long. I'm telling you, I was so proud of you at first service, at second service, at evening service. You have glorified God today, and I think it's made a difference in the services. You being able to give him that praise. Could you tell a difference in your voice today? That fervency in which you were singing, I, I praise God for you. He's worthy of our praise. I want you to go out, go tomorrow, and embrace tomorrow. If God gives you tomorrow, take what he's taught you today. Go out there that praise, knowing, knowing that he loves you, knowing that he's going to give you opportunities. I just appreciate you using this time today. And I appreciate my Brother Morgan and Sister Pam coming and be praying for them as they make their travel back. Are you leaving back? Uh, we'll South Carolina tomorrow, then North Okay. All right. Enjoy. Soak it up down here while you can. Yeah. 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 We have to go back up there into that, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Where's Anthony at? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Pastor Jason. Why don't you come on up here and lead us in a prayer? Thank you so much for being here this evening, looking around here and just seeing this happen in the fellowship hall. We're going to meet here again Wednesday night, okay? All right. Let's pray.